Why don't we lift up our hearts? The kids, the children are going to go to the children's church. We're thankful for the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The sin of the whole world, the sin of the world in America, the sin of the world in the Ukraine, even those in Russia, that God's grace is available to all within the hearing of the gospel. Lord, we're thankful for the goodness of God in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So, you know, have you ever gotten a limited time offer? And the gospel is a limited time offer. It's limited to when we are alive. (laughs) And so when we're here, let's take that limit. It only expires when we die if we have not received the offer of salvation, the offer, the offer of freedom. So we uh, would say that we will spend that, that you will take that offer that God gives, the wonderful offer of His grace, His goodness, His salvation. I was reading this morning, wondering what the Lord would, would have us to share with you, and I don't know what you've been going through, but God does. God really knows what you're going through. That's important to know. That God not only, he knows what you're going through, but the Bible says this, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. You know that I'm thankful that although movie stars may not know my name, Jesus does, but he knows your name. Not only does he know your name, he cares about you. He knows everything about you. It's a little easier for me. But the Bible says that the hairs of your head, they're numbered. If you're listening to this podcast, I don't have a lot of hair. It doesn't take a very adept angel to count the hairs of my head. But God knows if one falls out. It's a minute detail about your life. God knows everything. Amen. Amen. So we'd like to share from John chapter 13 and verse 7. John chapter 13, the gospel of John. There's also the epistle or the letter of John, and there's the second epistle or the letter of John, and then there's the third epistle or the letter of John, and they look, have a Roman numeral 1 or Roman numeral 2 or Roman numeral 3. Looks like an I, 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 I. That's not what we're talking about. This one is the fourth gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth gospel. John chapter 13 and verse 7 Jesus speaking to his disciples after the Passover feast was eaten prior to Jesus being crucified. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. What I do, thou knowest not now. But thou shalt know hereafter. And with the help of the Lord this morning, I would like to preach for a little while on the thought of a message, lessons for later. Lessons for later. Uh, Brother Velez, would you ask, sir, the Lord's blessing? Amen. So a baby mosquito came home 
from his first flying lesson. Yes, it was in Florida. So he came home. said, Preacher, why do you tell jokes in church? Because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Have you ever laughed or something like that? And you just like everything just kind of... <sighs> I remember one time I was recently stressed out about something. And so I went and took my blood pressure. I have one at home, one of those little machines. My mom got it for me. Thank God for my mom. And do you know that my blood pressure was high? So what did you do? After a few more minutes, I calmed down. I checked my blood pressure again. It wasn't high anymore. So you know that when you do get stressed out, your blood pressure can elevate. But I want to elevate my, my uh, praise, elevate my voice, but not elevate my blood pressure. So that's why we tell a joke. So we can laugh and kind of blow off some steam and our blood pressure can go down because I forgot to bring it so you can't check yours today anyway. So, but if you're stressed out, you can come and use mine and uh, then maybe hopefully uh, you can use it again later and it'll be chilled out. So the baby mosquito came home from his first flying lesson. His dad said, how did your first flying lesson go, son? And the, the, you know, thumbs up, the little baby mosquito said, awesome, dad, awesome. <laughs> you know, it was his first one. So his dad said, how do you know that it was awesome? I just want to know. He said, well, I'm not really sure, but I was, I was flying around and there were all these people around. And when I was flying and they all started clapping. That's bad. You know, dads can tell dad jokes. <laughs> Lessons for later. You know, have a mosquito come by you, you'll probably start clapping too. <laughs> the Bible said that before the, the feast of the Passover, that Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And then the Bible said, and supper being ended, so the Passover meal being ended. The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God. Notice, so the lesson that Jesus is about to give, he could have showed a miracle. The Bible said that he had full realization that everything was in his power, that God had all power to do all things. And the Bible said that uh, he chose to give a lesson. Well, what lesson did he give? Did he show a miracle? Did he multiply the food? The Bible said he rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, his outer garments, and took a towel and girded himself. And he poureth, after that, he poureth water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then, as he's washing these disciples' feet, he comes to Simon Peter, who's an outspoken person, right? And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? 
And, you know, maybe it was a humility or something. That, but he was incredulous that Jesus would want to wash his feet. And, you know, shouldn't it be the other way around? And Jesus answered our text and said unto him, What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. You know that a lot of times we get a lesson from a teacher. Maybe you've gone to school and you say, Why are they teaching us this now? Maybe in the military you learn things. And why are they teaching us this now? And it seems like this is a waste of my time. Peter, for whatever reason, said, Lord, what are you doing? This lesson, uh, this lesson isn't something that has any meaning for my life. And you know what? Truly, the lesson that you learn in church, it might not have a lot of meaning for you right then. But you see, Jesus said that some lessons are for later. I'm going to teach you. You're not going to get it. It's not going to make any sense. But down the road, you'll get it. There was a movie back in 1984. That's back in the day, right? I'm not trying to recommend it, but I I remember seeing it a long time ago. It was called The Karate Kid. So this skinny guy faces a bully in California. And so he goes and finds the maintenance man where he lives in this apartment with a single mom because he doesn't have a dad there to, you know, teach him and protect him. And this man's name was Mr. Miyagi. And so he finds that Mr. Miyagi, from Okinawa, I think, right? His name is Pat Morita. That's the actor's name. So he finds Mr. Miyagi and he begs him, teach me karate. I want to learn karate to defend myself. And so Mr. Miyagi says, okay, I'll teach you karate. And he begins uh, his first lesson. And he has all these, I don't know how, in, I haven't seen it for a long time, so... But he has all these old junker classic cars and he gives him uh, some instructions on how to wash and wax the car. And he's supposed to make these circular motions, right? And then wax on with this hand and then wax off. And Daniel said, no, 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 I should do it this way. He goes, no, 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 no. You've got to do it this way. You make a circular motion this way to put the wax on. And with your other hand, you make a circular motion to take the wax off. And he gives him a lot of other menial activities. Paint the fence so your hand goes up and your hand goes down. And there's a certain uh, way to do it according to the teacher. And after a while, he gets frustrated, right? The kid gets frustrated because he believes he's basically becoming Mr. Miyagi's unpaid servant. And he becomes frustrated so Mr. Miyagi demonstrates to him. He says, show me wax on, wax off. And he shows him, and as he's doing the motion, Mr. Miyagi throws a punch, and the wax on and wax off were actually actions that he was teaching him. And all of the time, waxing the car and unwaxing the car, it was actually a karate move to block a punch. And he shows him paint the fence, and it's another block. So... Uh, He learned it through muscle memory, but it really wasn't a lesson he appreciated at the time. But you know that sometimes we're going through something. Let me tell you that when you come to the house of God, sometimes you'll hear something, you'll see something, something will be shared. Say, preacher, I don't get it. Right, because it's a lesson for later. But there is the first thing the Bible says 
that lessons for later are really important, even though they might not seem that important now. It might not seem that important now to teach your kid to clean their, their room, right? It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, but do you know that they're learning how rooms are supposed to look by how your parents say it's okay or not okay? You know that in the book of Proverbs, the Bible said that there was a, a man named Solomon. And you know that he wrote his, these Proverbs to his son, Rehoboam? And it said is Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 1. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And then he said this from last week, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. You know, the Bible was written over about a 16 to 1800 year period. That's a long time. (laughs) The New Testament was completed about 2000 years ago. And the Bible is not just any book, but the Bible said the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, a lot of books you read, but the Bible reads you. It's like holding a mirror up. You know, you like those paintings where you like move to the side and the eyes follow you. That's the word of God. And as you're reading the word of God, it's important that no prophecy of this scripture is of any private interpretation. God begins to show you his word, not man's opinion. The Bible said the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And then Paul wrote to Timothy, and as from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise through salvation, unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. One more thing, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You know, you can live your whole life and find out how to live life, or you can read a book that someone else has spent a life completing and take a few days and find out all the lessons that they have learned and begin to apply them to your life. And that's really what the Bible is. That's what going to the house of God is. I was just telling a a brother, I said, you know, when when you read your Bible and go to church, you'll avoid so many problems in life. You just won't even face them. There's things that I'm teaching my daughter about being faithful to the house of God, being faithful to reading the word of God, and she just won't face certain things. Why? Because as you begin to look to what the Bible says in Proverbs, Solomon wrote his son, he said, he said uh, write them upon the table of thine heart. Put these lessons in your heart. And he said, you know what the outcome is, son? And we know that Rehoboam didn't listen. <laughs> So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. You know that when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. There's a song we sing, uh, I'll hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles. 
You know, that I think sometimes we need to realize that, wait a second, I don't need to defend myself. God will defend me. All I need to do is serve him. And you know what's better than having an AR-15 under the bed? Now, if that's your choice, we're in the South and the Second Amendment is alive and well. But I want something greater than an AR-15. I need the power of God. And there's a lesson in there. The Bi- so the Bible says the first thing we like to share, lessons for later. God was giving these disciples a lesson for later. A lesson for later is really important, but it may not make much sense right now when you hear it. You know what? That's okay. In Bible school, many things were shared about marriage. When I went to Bible school, it was given in a lecture format. You took notes on what things you thought were important. I wasn't married. I heard these illustrations about these preachers and all these different ones that were messing up in their marriage and doing things wrong. And I'm thinking, I'd never do that. (laughs) I mean, I'm not married, but I'd never do that. So I didn't take notes when I should have. And then I got married. And I probably did the same thing. (laughs) But I didn't take the notes. Why? I didn't realize that it was a lesson for later. It didn't apply to me right then. But God was trying to put it in there before I needed it. So I could refer back to it and not make a big blowout. No one's ever had a blowout in their life? It's like, oh man, I didn't even think I was capable of that. But you know what? Thank God. What keeps us together? When you get married, you make a commitment for better... Or for your daily experience, right? For better or for worse. A commitment says, wait a second. I'm going to make a commitment to you. And it's going to be for the good times and the bad times. And if the Bible says in sickness and in health. For Richard? I mean. (laughs) Or for poorer. But you know what? That's a commitment. And so my wife and I realized that uh, things had to get worked out when we got married. But you know what? I, well, I, I read in the Bible, it says husbands. It says love your wives. Love your wives. Even like to what degree? Like one rose or two rows? Sometimes you have to sit three rows behind them. <laughs> Even as Christ also loved the church. It's not about roses and candy. It's the degree. And did what? He gave himself for it. And I've realized in my, in my life, in my married life, and this was a lesson for later. But you know what? In marriage, you can realize that, wait a second, that lady, she just wants the love of her husband. She might not like your looks, right? But she has... Amen. You know, maybe, was it the joke that uh, women, when they get married, they think, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry this man and I'm going to change him. And he stays the same. When a man marries a woman, she's size two or whatever. And uh, he's like, oh, she's never going to change. And she does. <laughs> there was a little girl that, a uh, little boy rather that, uh, was going, he had $37, and uh, he wanted to buy a dress for his mom. And the lady said, well, what size is she? Because he picked out a dress that he liked, and oh, she's just perfect. So she goes, okay, this gives her a size 12, right? And uh, he goes and buys it, gives it to her for Mother's Day. A week later, the mother comes back and exchanges it for a size 18. 
But you know, that doesn't matter what we are on the outside. God thinks we're perfect. You know, a child thinks the love of a mother is perfect. And you know that husbands and wives, if we realize what we're supposed to do, it's in the word of God. The Bible said that Jesus said, happy are ye if you do them. And the Bible says that, well, I'll continue because uh, the Bible says, Peter said, you'll never wash my feet. I don't get it, Jesus, but you're not doing it to me. I don't get this lesson, and I don't want this lesson. And Jesus said this. It's a very important lesson. He said, if I don't wash your feet, he said, you've got no part of me. He said, you're out as a disciple. Woo! That was an important lesson, right? Woo! Criteria. You got to get this one to graduate, right? You're out. So Peter goes, um, now Lord, Peter stuck his foot in his mouth. He had peppermint-flavored socks, right? He was, he was sticking his foot in his mouth like a mint, you know, like a bunch of mints, right? But he also knew how to change his mind and repent. And so Peter said, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands, my head. So if it's going to be me being close to you, I don't get it, Jesus. But give me everything you got. Both barrels, I'll take them. And Jesus said, he that is washed needeth not. Save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. He said, I'm not trying to wash your body. You don't understand it, but there's a greater lesson. The Bible said that when Jesus was there, you'd think, well, if he told them he was going to be crucified, they'd get it. You know, you tell your kids, all save your money, whatever. <laughs> save your money, whatever. Wear gloves when it's cold, whatever. And then you find out, ooh, you ever learned your lesson? You know, your parents told you, you learned your lesson, didn't you? Right? That means that you grabbed the dog by the ears or something. You learned that you weren't supposed to do that. You and mommy tells you she don't know what she's talking about, right? And then you do it wrong. Ha <laughs> ha, right? They call it making your bed hard, right? And you got to sleep in it. Well, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 17, 22, listen. And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of men. And they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 32. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. And shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted on. And they shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. And notice this. And they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them. It was a lesson for later. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. You know, you might hear something in the house of God and you might be like, preacher, I don't get it. I don't know it. But you know what? Lessons for later, we don't seem important now, but the second things, we should tuck them away. You know, if God shares something, sometimes the Holy Ghost will deal with my heart. You know, you know I heard it. I don't get it. Let me tuck that away. Maybe the preacher was talking about tithe or something like that. Someone said the word debt is D-E-B-T. Doing everything but tithing. You know, we try to solve it and say, preacher, but I can't get it. Doesn't make any sense if tithe is 10% of what I make. If I give that unto God, wouldn't I make more money saving 100% of my paycheck? Then 90%? I mean, I'm no math whiz, but that's a bigger number. It is a bigger number, but let's forget one thing, or let's not forget one thing. You see, if it's 100% of my money that's not blessed by God, that's not more than 90% of my money 
that is blessed by God. Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you, but wait, good measure. You know, I was talking to this man in the vestibule of a Publix, and we were talking about that scripture, and he was excited about God. We were talking about Jesus, and I began to talk to him about this verse in Luke chapter 6, and uh, I said, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure. Pressed down. And this lady with the shopping cart, she just rolling out of Publix. She says, shaking together and running over. And she just walked out. (laughs) It's not my opinion. She knew the same scripture. She didn't just know the scripture. She agreed with the scripture. She spoke the scripture. Why? Because the word of God is true. And you know what? When you find out, man, tithe, you know what? Why didn't I start this a long time ago? And my blood pressure's going down. Because the Bible said he's opening up the windows of heaven and he's pouring me out a blessing. And I don't even have room to receive it. I'm thankful God knows what he's doing. That we should tuck away that lesson for later. Say, preacher, but I don't want to do it right now. We'll just tuck it together. Tuck it in there. It's a seed. It's a seed. Don't discount it. Don't throw it away. God's trying to be a blessing to us. The Bible says in these words, Deuteronomy chapter 6, which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shall talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, And when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. When are you supposed to teach your kids about God? Not in church, but every second when you're out of church. When you're up, when you're down. When you're walking outside the house, when you're in the house. And let those kids put those lessons in there. You remember remember Forrest Gump? You know what he always used to say? Mama always said, right? Those lessons were in there. We go together just like peas and carrots, right? Mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates, right? You just never know what you're going to get. And I say, preacher, that's not Bible, but it was a lesson that the mother put in there for later. And when he was a grown man, he began to realize, wait a second, mama wasn't so crazy after all. But I'm talking about the unchanging word of God. And when Jesus has a lesson for us, that we should tuck it in there and say, God, if I need to know something, put it in my heart and show me later what you're talking about. See, lessons for later will be, will be fully appreciated later. The Bible says that Jesus, when he was risen from the dead, you know when God rose from the dead, he rose from the dead to take our sins, not only away on the cross, but the resurrection gained us the exclamation point that God was alive forevermore, that the words that he spoke were true. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 6, he said, the angel spoke and said, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified. And the third day rise again. Notice the disciples. And they remembered his words. Oh, that's what he was talking about. It was a lesson for later. You see, when John and my wife comes to the piano, whoever's going to play, thank you, would come to the piano. In John chapter 13, 
in verse 34 and 35. Jesus said, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, and that ye also love one another. This is the lesson. And Jesus said, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Jesus said, I washed your feet, but guess what? That's just an example that you should spread love to others, that you should wash one another's feet. He wasn't talking about physically washing someone else's feet as much as meeting a need in someone's life, washing their car, watching their kid, getting them a Starbucks, showing them a little encouragement is doing something for them that's personal. And then he said in verse 35, by this shall all men know. There's going to be a gospel advertisement from this lesson. That ye are my disciples. If ye have love one to another. You see, you have to bear a grudge. But you see, the Bible says that we don't need to bear a grudge, but we can love our neighbor in the book of Leviticus, as ourselves, We can't hold anything. We can love our husband. We can love our wife. We can't bear that thing. We can't be bitter. Husbands and wives aren't perfect, but you know what? Look in the mirror. We aren't all perfect either. But I can love them even though they're different. I was talking to some years ago, a sister would just kind of start playing softly, and uh, we were talking, and he was like either a preacher or in Bible school. And he said, you know... When I got ready to get saved, you know what God used? He brought back some of those lessons from a children's church, from Sunday school, when I was much younger. And then when I got to the military and kind of did my own thing, God used those old lessons. You know what they were? Lessons for later. There's a song by Ray Bolts. And it's called, Thank You, I Think, for Giving to the Lord, something like that. said, I dreamed I went to heaven. You were there with me. We walked along the streets of gold beside the crystal sea. We heard the angels singing, then someone called your name. You turned and saw a young man. He was smiling as he came. He said, friend, you may not know me now, but then he said, but wait. You used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you would say a prayer before the class would start. One morning, when you said that prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. And then it said, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. With heads bowed and eyes closed in reverence to the Lord, there's a lesson many times for later. It may not seem important now, but let's tuck it in there. God, you spoke to my heart because one day this lesson's importance is going to be revealed unto me. So let me in my heart put it in there and say, Preacher, I don't know, but it wasn't something you said. God just brought something back to my memory. Well, you know what? God does things for a purpose. Let's find a place to pray. These altars are open. An altar is a meeting place with God.
And if you need something from the Lord this morning, come. Come and let God give something to your life. You see, because if you ask, you'll receive. The Bible says Jesus is in a giving mood. Let's pray. Lord, we glorify you. bless you is our prayer. We have a service this evening at 6 if you'd like to come. We're usually out by like 6.35 or something. It's short, but uh, we're jumping into the fifth chapter of 1 Peter, living in a crisis. <laughs> if you're having a crisis in your life, man, come to Bible study. We'll find out what the word... And the word crisis 
From the Greek means we need to make a decision. We need to make decisions in the crisis. And uh, then we're having revival starting the 15th. Next week we're having a potluck. Come, bring something. If you make some ethnic food, we love it. If Southern is its own ethnicity. So if you make Southern food, we love it. Whatever way you make your collards, we love it, okay? I was going to say, there's some things in the South that everyone doesn't love, right? <laughs> but we, we uh, someone will. You make it, someone will eat it here. We, we have all kinds of palates. So God bless you is our prayer. We're going to dismiss. Reverend Patterson's going to dismiss us. Then you are dismissed. Shake hands. Take a lesson for later. Love one another. You never know what it's going to yield in Jesus Christ. God bless you, Reverend Patterson. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the service, for the preaching of your word. Father, we just pray now as we go out separate ways this day, that God, you will keep your hands on each and every one of us. And bring us back to your house once again tonight, to hear from your word in Christ's name. Amen.